San Domingo's orphanage for boys was not a big place. Not even for those days. One priest, five nuns, two employees, around 50 boys. It was located at the base of the Arizona hills, near a town named Camino del Oro, but called Widow's Peak, due to the mostly elderly female population. It was a poor town, and a very poor orphan school, and most of the boys who lived there had little hope of adoption or a better life until the school finally kicked them out the door and into the hot, cruel world. Benny Parks was one of those boys. Raised by his aunt until age two, he had no memory of life outside these walls. Newly turned eleven, he was tall and thin, with black hair and green eyes, his skin lighter than most of the boys, who were part or all Mexican, and a round, earnest face that looked to the horizon and longed to be there, especially on this particular week. The reason so many imaginations were so engaged was due to one thing. The lean rider was coming. Every boy knew what that meant, even if they called him the famous Senor Cook or El Baquero Liviano. The man was many things, a gun for hire, a messenger, a bounty hunter, a security guard, and a hero. The idol of every child in the orphanage, the writer had made a name for himself in the Southwest by bringing criminals to justice, preventing catastrophes, saving lives, and winning marksmanship tournaments. He had had his name in the paper, been celebrated locally, was memorialized in books and magazines, and even had a folk song written about him. Everyone in Widow's Peak had tales to tell about the great gunfighter and of the many bad men he had put in the grave or good women he had put in the bed. But that wasn't why Benny Parks and his schoolmates loved the famous cowboy. It was because Jerome Cook, the lean rider, was one of them. Sister Mary Beth and Hermana Pena were both old enough to remember when Cook had been a child at San Domingo's living within those same walls, sleeping under the same blankets, dreaming of a day when he'd be out, when he'd be more than just an Arizona orphan, when he'd be somebody. It was a point of pride and a subject of inspiration for every boy there, whether Mexican or gringo. And there was more. Cook didn't experience his adventures alone. He had a youthful sidekick, a trainee that he taught everything he knew. A boy who went with him, rode by his side, was photographed next to him, and went on to his own career when he came of age. All of the previous sidekicks, without exception, had gone on to bigger and better things, even if one of those was now a preacher in Carson City. Every boy in San Domingo, even little Mateo Molina, born with no legs, dreamed of being the lean rider's sidekick of shaking the dust from the orphanage and living the life of a hero, the life of someone who mattered. For Jerome Cook remembered his roots, and every few years would return to San Domingo's to pick another young man to be his sidekick, someone to be his helper and friend. And that time had come once again. There was a buzz throughout the rooms, church and play yard, the kind of electrical energy you feel right before a great storm, a buzz of infectious excitement and hope. Whichever of them the writer picked would walk out of the orphanage, the sidekick to this great man, and would learn all sorts of life lessons in their time together, not to mention how to shoot fast and shoot first, live off the land, and make the best of every situation. 
the children put on their best faces. Hair that was rarely, or never, combed, suddenly found itself brushed down and in place. Boys who seldom, or never, sat still were somehow able to force their feet in one place and their hands to themselves. Morning of the fateful day passed, and right before noon, the man arrived. He strode quietly into the play area, where forty-three children stood, the three who were unable to stand, two from polio and one from leglessness, sat jealously by, watching the gunslinger like devout worshippers before an altar. Cook silently removed a handkerchief from his bag. It held several small stones. He seemed to weigh it in his hand, then quickly tossed it in Benny's direction. Oh, please, God, let me catch it, Ben prayed silently and made a grab for the rock.